Hello and welcome to the Run to Run podcast, episode nine. It's a Wednesday night. It's another glorious sunny evening, and I am joined by Jessica Robson. Hello. How are you, Jess? How's it going? I'm really well, thank you. Yes. Um, been on a nice bike ride today and have enjoyed the sun and a lot of run talk, run focus work. So I'm I'm in a good place. How are you? Pretty chilled. Yeah, I'm I've had a busy day. Um, I rushed back. I've made it back in time. But actually, like this is this is actually what I've been looking forward to it in a weird way. It's, I don't know. I just think we kind of got to the stage now where we just kind of catch up and have a chat. And it's actually this in its own right from the early weeks of it being a bit stressful and thinking, oh, my God, what's it going to sound like? I'm kind of just cool with it <laughs> sounding however it sounds. And we just have a chill catch up and, and see where it goes, really. So Absolutely. I'm appreciating the routine that it's brought as well. Yeah. In a way. Um, I quite like my week to be structured. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of weird because like, you know, for, for the people listening, like Jess and I catch up before this as well. And we we sort of have a chat offline, if that makes sense. And it's I don't know, in a weird way, like we did know each other before this. But in a weird way, like we've got to know each other a lot better from this because we're like catching up every week, which is I think it's kind of cool. It's quite 100 percent. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so. um So, yeah. So, have, so you went on a bike ride today. You didn't you didn't run today. It's been you've been on the bike. Well, actually, I did try to run this morning. I I set off to run and I stopped after two miles because I simply couldn't be bothered to run anymore. I wasn't really enjoying it. Um, and that's very much the attitude I'm taking with my running at the moment. I'll run. <laughs> I'll run if it feels good. And if it doesn't, I have no reason to carry on um, pushing I myself. Think so. I think it's good to run off feel and... I think it's funny you say that, like, that's exactly how I'm feeling with it at the moment. So no goals, no big plans. I'm, you know, seeing how the hip is with the pain. And like yesterday, I went for a run and I got about a kilometre in and I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to go for this. And I was in I was in London. So I, I took a break from work and I was like cruising down Oxford Street. There was no traffic. There was no cars. Um, there was no fumes so it just, mm. the air felt so much better and I did like a big loop of Oxford Circus Regent Street back down the Thames and I did 8k and I absolutely pushed myself but I didn't plan to I'm just sort of going off what kind of feels right at the moment and it's quite enjoyable actually to be honest with you. I think injury can do that though it gives you a sort of appreciation of running in in itself yeah. It makes you not want to um just to stretch push. the legs felt <laughs> yeah. good. It felt really liberating. I was quite yeah, it was quite a nice thing to do. Um so yeah. But um but what's been going on what's been going on with your week? Did you had a good did you have a good bank holiday? Um what what's, I did. What's um such as as um COVID life, I mean things are still relatively calm and non-eventful but what I did receive in the last week was a book from my dad okay that I hadn't realized that he's been writing over the last 11 years since he started running um and this book is essentially a a sort of anecdotal um, memoir memoir (laughs) yes uh of every single race that he's done um after running any marathon he'll write about it um so that's just been such a delight to read um all the stories of the people that he spoke to on route um not understanding instructions at the start of a race um just really silly common runner experiences um that's been really wonderful to hear from from my dad actually yeah. Um, is it weird to sort of see his thought process of running? Because you're, you're someone that's obviously you you're very clear and you have Instagram as well and you can vocalise how you're feeling about running. And I guess a book is quite a personal thing. So how do you feel like dipping into his mindset, you know, and seeing how how he finds running? Honestly, really, really interesting, actually. And 
I feel quite lucky that I have two parents who I can speak really freely about um, emotions with. And he, you know, even sort of pre-race nerves and post-race feelings, he's put all of that into the book and it's just been so insightful. Um, I was most intrigued by the marathon that we ran together about how his experience of that was. So that was quite special to read. Um, Yeah. That's so good. Well, it's um, it it's it's kind of been nice to kind of I think it's been nice recently to kind of key in with people. And I, I think I said last week on the podcast, I'm doing my best to kind of keying with the other people from Tooting. And I think one of the things I found this week really hard is and is to sort of know what to do as a leader at this point because people can can technically go out with another person, but you sort of you can't yet kind of get the whole gang back together. Um, right. So I'm getting a lot of enjoyment out of just going for runs with some of the people that first kind of got involved in joint tooting and, and sort of seeing how they're doing and catching up with them. So uh, I've got another early morning bike ride tomorrow and then another run in the evening. And it's just at the moment I'm enjoying those kind of little one on one chats. And I know you're still doing the same as well with your with your virtual calls as well. In fact, yes, I think what you're saying, Josh, is a really good um, sort of. Well, it's highlighting that, you know, we can have these sort of one-to-one socially distant runs now. Mm. Um, so my message to the run talk run community is that, no, we're not going to be running as a group anytime soon, but we will communicate to you when that happens. Um, but do reach out to the people that you would normally run with um, and see if they're up for a chat on a run because, you know, they've not disappeared they are still here for you <laughs> yeah and a lot's happened you know a lot's happened like you know it's, for some people it's been pretty life-changing stuff you know with jobs and life and and their own mental health so you know it's it's a best it's the best time more than ever to to reach out to someone because it's a lot has happened to some people you know There's and a lot to catch up on <laughs> there is a lot to catch up on um but speaking of which, there there is some some great stuff. Uh, Jane, who joined us on the podcast um, not too long ago, um, she's given birth now to a baby boy, which is fantastic. So if she is listening, um, which I'm sure she is, Jane, congratulations from both uh, me and Jess. Um, that was fantastic news to to get this week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And um, I, the one other thing I'd noted was, I don't know if you know this, Jess, but there's a lot of Centurion runners going on this week as well, which I know yes. the Run to Run community are uh, getting involved with. So it looks a bit mad, doesn't it? Yes, a lot of miles, <laughs> a lot of miles, a lot of, yeah, strong runners. That's all I can say. Takes a so certain think- mindset. <laughs> to put yourself through that many miles so I think it's they you need to do either you need to do 100 miles in a week so some people literally did 100 miles over a weekend mm-hmm. and others doing it over the course of seven days I, I know that one of um, my friends did the whole 100 miles and one whole hog over the weekend which you know with the heat as well I just think that's crazy <laughs> I think um, Luke um our Brighton leader he did that <laughs> yes Luke did do it so yeah. Luke when listening like did he do it did he complete it yes and it finished very close to my home which I find <laughs> bonkers <laughs> yeah I mean you you gone anywhere, but <laughs> I should have yeah should have known about um, it but um yeah amazing work Luke <laughs> yeah Luke congratulations Luke um the Brighton leader and I know um Derek as well is doing it over the course of the week and several others are as well. So, um, yeah, keep going if you're if you're halfway through, because even 100 miles in a week is that's still a lot of running. It is a lot. <laughs> Puts in perspective, doesn't it? Um, so tonight's podcast, um, we're joined by Leah Fraser, who is from Good Life Paddle Company. And I think, you know, Jess chatting today, it, it gives a different perspective on how different sports can really tap into that level of mindfulness and mental health, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Um, It's nice to have that opportunity to learn about a completely different sport, but how it still can provide those same benefits. Um, Yeah. yeah, Very interesting. 
definitely and you know engaging with nature and you know doing something physical gives you endorphins but also really sort of tapping into into your own mental health as well so um join us in part two in just a sec but obviously you can get in touch with us through instagram which is at run talk run you can obviously email jess which is jessica at run run.com and if you're enjoying the podcast um and you want to get involved with the run talk run so you can find a little bit more out on run run.com where also you can become a supporter as well for four pound a month and just a small donation every month can help to train some of our leaders up in mental uh, health first aid and also help to uh, grow the run to run community even further so do check that out on the website um, and if you do have um, some spare change then do uh, become a run to run supporter so um, that is it for part one um, Jess I will catch you in just a minute in part two Hello and welcome to the Run Talk Run podcast, episode nine, part two. And on this glorious Wednesday evening, uh, Jessica Robson and myself are joined by Leah Fraser, who um, is part of the Good Life Paddle Company in West London. And um, I went to a chat that you did, Leah, like probably a couple of a couple of months ago. And yeah. I've always been a fan of paddleboarding or SUP and um and I, I I took your details down after that and I was really really keen to get you on the podcast so I'm so pleased you've come on to join us so welcome to the Run Talk Run podcast Leah Fraser. Thank you very much I'm very excited this is my first podcast. Is it your f- oh fantastic yeah. what a uh, what a pleasure to, <laughs> to have you <laughs> um so I guess this must be a good week for you because lockdown laws have eased a little bit, which means you can get back on the water. Is that right? Yeah. So last weekend was the first kind of full weekend since the start of lockdown that I could get out on the water and teach. Um, And it's it's been amazing. There's been such a rush of interest, Um, I think, because everyone's felt so stuck indoors. There's so much energy from everyone trying to get outdoors now. Um, so, yeah, lots of inquiries and just trying to fit them all in is quite tricky. <laughs> That's good. It's good that it's good that it's really busy. And I guess the weather as well must just like make it. Yeah, extra, the weather's extra been perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I went on a, a cycle um, on Sunday and oh no, bank holiday Monday. And I went around Richmond and I saw like a group of two or three people on the water there and it just looked absolutely glorious. So it's probably not too far from you, actually. Yeah. yeah. So um, tell us a little bit about um, Good Life Paddle Company and how you got involved in, in paddleboarding from, from the outset. Sure. So um, I kind of grew up with water sports. We have we had family houses that were near water and um, water sports was kind of in the family. So I was always canoeing or in a rowing team or sailing. Um, And then about six years ago, my aunt came over from America and told us about this thing she'd seen them doing on the Hudson. And it was actually SUP yoga that she was talking about. Um, And we had a really old windsurfing board in the garden so we chucked it on the water and took a kayaking paddle out with us and just had a play and everyone fell in and everyone had an amazing time. Um, and then I just started kind of having a go and, and watching videos online to try and understand this new sport and saved up and bought myself a, a proper paddle rather than a kayaking paddle. And then the next year invested in my first board Um and was addicted from that point. Um, in terms of actually teaching it, that didn't happen until um, last summer. I was already doing it all the time. Um, and I left my previous job to have a bit of time out. And during that time, um, started paddleboarding basically every single day. And um, 
had a little look into courses and um, went and did a course and didn't really have a huge intention for it. I just wanted to go and learn how to do it properly and how to teach it because you end up teaching all your friends and family all the time um, because everyone wants to have a go. Um, Yeah, so what was it about it that, that, you know, drew you to it? Because, you know, I've, I've done it a few times and... I actually struggle to describe why it's so good. And for like those those that are listening on the podcast that that have never done it before, you're sort of you're stood on a a board, which yeah, I guess here it's, it's it's a giant board, isn't it? It's like much bigger yeah. than a surfboard, isn't it? So they, the the smaller kind of normal ones that we teach on a ten foot, ten and a half foot long. Um, the board that I use is 12 and a half foot long. They race on boards that are 14 and 16 foot long. So these things are massive. Yeah. Um, but that also helps you to stand up. <laughs> um, so, and then you have a huge sort of, okay, is it an oar or is it it's a paddle? Oh, it's a paddle, it's a paddle isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sing, single ended paddle. Yeah. And what, I mean, what is it that you think sort of grips you? Because it, it's actually quite a physical. It's actually quite a physical sport, isn't it? That's the one thing I took away. It's that's the one thing that people underestimate about it, actually. Everyone kind of thinks it's going to be easy. And actually, yes, it can be super chilled and super easy. You can go really slowly and just have a love. Like last night, I went out on a lesson and we just we just did a bit of technique and we paddled so slowly it was really relaxed. Um, but you can also choose to go out and get a full body workout and you can be sweating within 10 minutes. Mm. Um just it was my it was my core that I re, that yeah. really that really got me I think that's the balance factor so your core your core works really hard because it's constantly trying to balance but then because when you when you've got a decent technique going your whole body's moving and your whole body's working with momentum and and trying to balance so every single muscle actually works um, mm. which is quite nice so the better you get the more of a workout you get because every muscle's working whereas when you first start you're really just using your arms because that's what's instinctive um and the more you learn how to do it the more you get every single part of your body helping you to kind of shift that board forwards in the water yeah yeah a slow pace because it is a very slow sport yeah but i guess the fact that there's no impact you know is you're doing a workout but you're not sort of you're not putting strain as such on your body, yeah. I guess, compared to other it's, sports. It's not um it's not something that you're gonna kind of injure yourself easily doing. Um because partly because of that buoyant board underneath you that's moving around, it means that there's a little bit of bounce all the time and you have to learn to sort of roll with the waves as such. Um and that means that there's never ever going to be a hard impact unless you fall over on your board. <laughs> <laughs> but I use inflatable ones, so it doesn't hurt when you slam down on your knees in a wave. And I'm guessing. Go on, sorry, Jess. I was going to say I'm finding it really fascinating because I've not actually really done any water sports at all. I'm just thinking: is it um, people who have done other water sports that tend to come to you for lessons, or do you get people like me? who have never really done much in the water at all? Um, it's quite varied. I think because it's such a visible sport, so when people are along the riverside, if they're in, like going down there, well, normally in a bar or a restaurant or now just sat down there having a, a picnic or something, you see people doing it. And that that is what draws a lot of people in, whether or not they're interested in water sports. Mm. Um, I have had a lady come in and at the end of the lesson she told me that she'd never even been on a boat before. Um, wow. And that was her first experience of being on water. Um, I guess it must be quite nice, like, you know, if you're in a city like London to sort of, you know, there's very, we're, you know, we're incredibly lucky for the, especially now, like with all the parks we have, but it must be a real kind of liberating feeling to get on the water in London. Um, I've never, I've never paddleboarded on the Thames and I can just imagine it must be, such a liberating feeling to kind of get away from the city and just get on the river I think because it's quite an accessible sport like it's quite simple it's not like you've got to go and work out how to rig a sail or you know how to um, tack across the the water with the wind and all that kind of stuff you've really just got a board and a paddle 
and, and try and work out your balance on it. So it's a much more approachable way of getting onto the water than other water sports. Mm. Um, and then the other side of it is we're so lucky that we have these rivers um, running through the middle of our, our cities, but actually a lot of people don't have any real relationship with them um, until they kind of go on a on a board on the water or a kayak or a rowing boat and kind of see it all from a different perspective. Um, and then suddenly it's like the river's the center, the center of the city rather than it just runs through it. Yeah. Yeah, that makes total sense. The, um, yeah, I've never really thought, I've, n- I've never, you say, never paddleboard on the, on the river, but every time I've been on a boat or even got, you know, the, um, even the 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 hopper like boat that takes you through central London. I've used that. I a really few want times to go on that. I haven't been on that yet. Yeah, it just makes you it just makes you really appreciate what you've got. And you know, usually it's just something you you hop over a bridge and you don't you don't really take the Thames in or any other river. I guess you don't really take it in yeah. properly. Um, but one of the things I've really appreciated, mm. the thing that's kept bringing me back to paddleboard is the sort of sense of mindfulness that I get when I do it and I did it the first time I did it I thought it'd be a really fun workout and I didn't realize how it would make me feel and it was this weird combination of physical endorphins but I felt like I'd just relaxed for a little for a period of time um so yeah what what do you think are sort of some of the the mental health benefits you can get from from paddleboarding um I think that relaxation element of it is something which you you almost can't avoid with paddleboarding. I'd say every other person over the last few days that's come paddling with me has mentioned how insanely relaxed they feel and how they're suddenly not thinking about all the stuff they were worrying about before. Um, And it's partly to do with there's a type of meditation called uh, meditation in motion, um, which is all about focusing the mind on a movement or an action albeit a slow action normally walking um and normally walking in a place of beauty so natural beauty Mm. and then um, it allows the rest of your mind to slow down so all you're focusing on is that action that you're doing and in this case paddleboarding balance wise is hard and when you're on the river you're both distracted by your natural surroundings because they're they're stunning and they're not something that everyone's familiar with and you're also completely focused on your balance and your your movements because you're trying to get it you're trying to be able to paddleboard and because of that you're completely switched off from your to-do lists your worries actually it's great at the moment because lots of people have come out saying they're just really stressed out for about things like homeschooling and childcare at home and, and not being able to go out for dinner and all this sort of stuff and then they come out on the water and they totally switch off um whether they meant to or not yeah i can i can imagine it is and, and i guess you still get those that sort of that because one of my favorite things about exercise is that feeling of just feeling tired and content after it and i think the feeling of getting a good core workout but not not thinking about the fact you've you've actually been doing it because mm-hmm. when those waves move or the current moves you're 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 sort of constantly adjusting yourself I guess yeah you are a lot of people don't realize till towards the end how much of a workout they're doing and it'll be in the last 10 minutes and you're like how are you feeling and they're like actually quite tired <laughs> like, yeah you wait till an hour or two's time <laughs> and then and other ha- people have it was messaged me the next day being oh my god that was that was better than a hit workout by the amount they were aching totally and I guess sort of I guess it's you know it's also you know you've got no screen time you probably haven't got music you're you know you haven't got you know even if you go for a run there are so (laughs) many um there are so many stimulus I guess that can distract you or frustrate you like moving traffic dodging people yeah you know which I'm feeling at the moment sometimes I can come back from a run and and I can feel you know there could be just a couple of things that could really trigger me and I can end up feeling just as stressed as I came back so I guess you you're maybe slightly removed from that as well I guess the water element kind of means that it has to be a digital detox when I'm running I would take my headphones and I'll take my phone and I'll take my watch and I'll be sort of recording it and playing with my playlist and maybe stopping to answer a whatsapp 
and so you don't really switch it off. But when you're on the water, everyone's phones go into the dry bags, and once they're in the dry bag and they're on the water, they don't reach for it because yeah. um, they're so busy, kind of having fun and, and balancing. And I always say to people, look, I'll, don't worry about taking photos. I'll take photos. You just concentrate on having a good time. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's it. And then they're fully immersed in the in the yeah. moment, right? Yeah. And you kind of have to be because if you get distracted, you fall in. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's <laughs> I think that's a good uh, I think that's a good way to steady the focus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I guess I guess as well, you must get a really good perspective of of like the environment and nature as well and I think that's something that you know in lockdown and I've been like desperately trying to find like urban trails and nature in 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 and around the area in South London and and it's actually been really great I went on a really good trail run and on Sunday and found you know some fantastic routes and you know I've got that craving for nature and I guess you must see so much nature on the water as well that you probably don't realize if you just drive over a bridge. Yeah so we because the boards are so quiet they don't make it's not like if you've got a sail that makes quite a lot of noise um or if you're in a rowing boat then your seats roll up and down on the rollers and that makes quite a lot of noise paddle boards are actually very quiet and that means that we get really close to birds um so for example at the moment the river's full of little ducklings and goslings and cygnets and they really don't mind us because we're just very calmly sort of gliding by silently you can get amazingly close to the wildlife um yesterday we saw um some newborn moorhens that must have been literally a few hours old um and you just feel so lucky to be able to see that stuff which you don't you you might see a couple of them from the riverbank but you never get that close um and the other thing about the, the nature aspect is um foraging so there's all sorts of stuff you can forage along the riverbanks um and it's the kind of things that you wouldn't notice from the riff from the footpath because there's so many people and quite often it get if it's there then it gets foraged very quickly but from the river side of those trees they're full of things like plums and elderflower and um green gauges so you can paddle along and, and help yourself to a little snack <laughs> that's so great yeah. you have a little little snack along the Thames as well <laughs> yeah yeah it's good and then um as the summer progresses also the water gets clearer and clearer so if you paddle through the season that's quite a nice thing to watch as the river sort of warms up and the plants really bloom they start to clear all the water and so by the end of the summer you see kind of six foot down plus and you wow. can see all the fish, which is pretty amazing. I think um, that in itself is really good for mental well-being, being sort of in tune with what our environment is doing and how that's changing. Yeah. You know, as we move into winter and things, um, yeah. it can sometimes hit us all at once if we spend most of our time indoors. But actually, I find even through running outside, and I'm sure with your pad, like your being on the water, you have just a bit more awareness of how things are changing yeah and actually something that something I've taken a lot of solace in through lockdown was going for walks by the river and sitting there and just thinking those ducks those birds those trees they've got no idea what's going on and they're totally fine it's (laughs) like it gives you a little bit of perspective like nature's still going about its course yeah nature's still cracking on and it's it's sort of yeah, it takes you out of your little bubble um, and just shows you a bigger world around you, I think. Yeah, shows um, you the bigger picture. Yeah, and also you talked about sort of getting outside is, is good for mental health and stuff, and that's so important in the winter. So mm. I paddle all through the winter, and a lot of people don't want to, fair enough, but some of the girls come out over the winter and we go for these paddles, and the river's completely empty, Um and you get the most amazing winter sun and you have these beautiful days out on the water and you don't even notice the fact that it's cold because you you get such a a feel-good factor from getting outside um when you would normally stay inside on the sofa and put the tv on um that you just you walk away from it feeling amazing 
That's so good. That's so good. And I, I guess yeah, I guess the other side you must hear as well is is obviously the impact that we all have on the river as well and and like the environmental factor of like waste and and everything. And I, I I'm sure you must see some <laughs> I'm sure you must see some pretty weird stuff that people have, have chucked into the river as well on yeah. your trout. We uh, I, before well when we were allowed to go out in groups, um, I was doing monthly river cleanups. Um, I mean you'd get lots of local paddlers out. You get people hiring the boards out to do it, and you get um, canoeists coming to join, um, and you get a nice big group, and everyone kind of combs the the river for rubbish, and then we recycle it all at the end. And you get this brilliant kind of community feel, and it all gets quite competitive. Uh, what who can get the best who can get the best item from the river (laughs) yeah exactly one one time we scooped out like an entire kind of chinese takeaway meal all completely uneaten and but we kept finding bits of it because it had all separated so someone found like chicken chow mein someone found some rice and someone found some prawn crackers so by the end of the paddle we'd found this whole meal all completely unopened it was very strange um well, it's and good that you can. It's good that you can have a, you know, a positive impact and and be able to sort of, you know, help help remove some of the stuff that's going to harm the environment as well. I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's actually really clean at the moment, so it's it's been nice to see it have a break from people littering in it. Um, so I'm kind of curious to see how that develops over the next few weeks and whether it it returns to normal. I'm curious as well. Um, with your paddleboarding obviously you, you teach so it's often the shared activity for you do you go out by yourself all that much <laughs> um no, no not when it's during the summer when it's really busy I hardly ever go out by myself mm. um and then out of season it's I go out by myself a lot um I only don't go out by myself during peak season because it's so busy and my arms are tired. <laughs> sure. I have to kind of persuade myself not to go out on my down days so I, I have a rest. Um, I think that's lovely. It's very much a shared activity most of the time then. It is. But actually, I do love going out by myself because it's so relaxing and it's so quiet. If I've had a really stressful day in the office at, at the other job, then jumping on the board in the evening, within five minutes, you're completely reset um, and you get your workout. I think I think it's kind of quite a nice it's sort of similar to running in the sense that you don't you share you share a run with someone but you don't talk too much generally because you're you know you're you're exercising and running and I it's one of the things I've enjoyed I've gone out a few times now with my dad on Ardingly Reservoir in Sussex and it's just that kind of it's sharing experience with someone and we don't even chat that much but it's Mm -hmm. quite it's sort of like it's like going for a run with someone you sort of you, you share it and you enjoy it and you don't even have to talk that much but you're quite content in someone's company and I don't talk too much because I have to focus on, <laughs> I focus <laughs> I on what breathing. I'm actually doing um yeah. but he's he's really he's really got into it because it's again it's for someone that doesn't do too much sport now it's something and he's a, he used to be a very very active sportsman it's something that he can get out and do and focus on and it doesn't have that same level of impact so I think it's I think it's great to be able to share to share that with other people I think I would actually disagree with you in that um paddleboarding is the chattiest sport in the world (laughs) people just talk the whole time and maybe it's my balance the issue (laughs) (laughs) yeah probably because you're having a little freak out (laughs) <laughs> um, but also I sometimes find it helps to get people talking to relax them because if you're super nervous then you get really stiff and then it's really hard to balance and really hard to enjoy it where if you get them talking then then they get a little bit distracted from worrying and just kind of ease into it um you get these kind of we used to have the kind of the the mum paddle so mums would drop their kids off in the morning at school and then they come to me for a paddle and they'd do that once a week, and it was like their weekly treat. Um, and then they'd, they'd have a really good natter, and we'd have a, a flask of tea and some Kit Kats with us. Um, so, and it's the most sociable sport um, for that kind of a thing, which is just really nice. So good. It's, it sounds like a, like an all-round kind of good you know, sport to get involved in. 
and you know I'm I'm really looking forward to getting out of the water in the couple of you know in the next couple of weeks or months um so how how can people get involved like if if people are listening to this and they think this is definitely for me like what's the what's the best way to to get involved um just get in touch um if they're on instagram they can come and um track me down uh, at good life paddle co um and book in a paddle or there's a website um goodlifepaddle.com um and also if people are thinking about buying their first board and they're not quite sure what to buy um i have a lot of chats with people trying to kind of just share my knowledge and and help sort of guide people towards the right kind of board for what they're what they're hoping to do with it because actually when you when you get into that kind of investment level of the sport um there's a lot of choices and um it's not a cheap sport to get into so it's important that that first board is um the right one and then you never regret spending all that money once you've got it (laughs) well i'm sure i'm sure um people get in touch with advice and they'll they'll appreciate it so what we'll do is we'll put the all the details of how you get in touch on the footnotes of the podcast um but hopefully you're going to stick around with us in part three um where we're going to talk a little bit um just posed a question to the community um of run talk run yesterday so we're going to chat a little bit about that um and talking about how we can kind of keep ourselves um keep ourselves up and stop ourselves spiraling spiraling even (laughs) uh when we're having a bit of a tricky time so um if you want to get in touch with us you can do um through Instagram, which is at runtalkrun. Um, and you can also check us out on the website, runtalkrun.com. Um, but join us in part three. Hello and welcome back to part three three of the Run to Run podcast. Um, we are still joined by Leo Fraser of the Good Life Paddle Company and of course Jess Robson. Um, and in this part we posed a question to the Run to Run community yesterday, uh, which is a bit of a bit of a topic to round off the podcast um, tonight, which is, you know, when you're in a bit of a rut, you know, what's the one thing that you can do to lift you out of it? Um, and it doesn't have to be something big or major. It's that one thing that you kind of go to to sort of help you out in the situations when um, you're finding things a little bit tough. So, Jess, as you pose the question, I think it's probably fair for you to kick us off. Um, so obviously you, you you said to me about, um, you know, getting this question out there. So it's something yeah. you've been asked a few times, right? It has. And if I'm totally honest whilst I am actually well with my mental health I still (laughs) I notice the pattern of my thoughts spiraling now um, where it happens so frequently so actually finding ways to interrupt that spiral is so useful for me and I'm I'm sure it will hopefully be useful for the rest of the community as well to sort of share what interruptions we use (laughs) and for me um I find that I can't think myself out of a rut. I can't force myself to think of more positive things. So my sort of interruption, if you like, is to sort of shock my body, which then interrupts my thoughts. So perhaps that is to have a shower. It doesn't have to be a cold shower. I think everyone assumes (laughs) I'm talking about cold showers. I'm definitely not talking about a cold shower. Um, But just even having a shower like the change of physical environment is sometimes enough to interrupt the cycle of thoughts that are going um or to step outside um even feeling like the wind on my face um is enough of a change to my physical environment that I find that it helps to stop the spiral so you're looking for like a physical so you're so for you it's like a physical change is the thing that helps you mentally so it's it's using sort of the outside to kind of help you yeah 
yeah I think that that is it I think if I try and force myself to think differently that just makes me so much more frustrated because it's rarely successful so if I focus on doing something to yeah change the stimulus on my body that that helps yeah and Leah do you think as well like sort of getting outdoors as well do you think that's sort of quite a good way to kind of keep yourself um buoyant buoyant buoyant's a good word (laughs) (laughs) yeah getting outside is my number one um doesn't have to be on on the water but of course that that is my favorite place but even just just moving your body outside um you get kind of quite a good rush of kind of happy healthy kind of endorphins and um distraction method basically um if i'm if i'm in a really bad place and i need to be in a woods or be by the sea or get on the water um and then you instantly just get distracted by all these amazing surroundings um yeah i think i think distraction is definitely definitely a good way to um you know to give yourself that to give yourself that lift um I think for me, I, I was thinking about this when you when you um, asked the question, Jess, that for me, it's about organ- like a lot of my anxiety comes from disorganization. Right. And I because I live my life like 100 miles an hour. I don't know if you've noticed <laughs> that, that a lot a lot of it builds up and it, it kind of goes like a pack of cards. And I will realize I'm teetering over the edge when it's almost too late because things get faster and faster and I I take on more things and I do more things and it's not until that point where I'm nearly over the edge or I'm looking over the precipice that I think whoa I've got to do something um and usually it's at a point where it's all getting too much and so for me I try and find well what's the one thing that I can organize that I can just tick off the list that makes me feel good that Give, brings a little bit of organization into my life if that makes sense even if everything's mm. 100 miles an hour darting around me and that could be really simple so for me that can be quite <coughs> as simple as like tidying the kitchen and putting everything away or like folding all my clothes up and putting them away and it's just finding really easy wins that I can that I can claim to that I can draw a little bit of comfort from and then from there I then think okay if I can do those little wins I can then try and take on something a little bit more challenging um because you can't take it all on at once do you know what I mean Mm. absolutely definitely one for the small wins being a catalyst for sort of (laughs) yeah (laughs) moving as well it's achievable goals that's Mm. the key it is and I, I I sort of I think as I've got older I think when I was younger I definitely thought just running alone could be something to kind of paper over it and I've sort of realized well you know for me <laughs> for me I can, I can go for a run but it doesn't actually solve you know these things that are that I've taken on or, or too much that I've taken on or the, or the big um, you know the sort of big things that I have to try and get through so just finding those little wins is um, is really big for me. But we did also. This is not about me. <laughs> we did also ask um, the wider Run to Run community about some of the things that that they've done as well. So um, Jess, I'm sure you've got some of them to hand. Um, what, yes. Do you want to yeah. want to read a few of them out? Uh, yeah. So um, Amy, who runs with me in Eastbourne. Um, she said that she just puts her headphones in and chooses one of her playlists. So she has playlists ready at the go um, I like that. For, for this, um, which is fantastic. Um, there's been quite a lot of people who've said that they use music as a means of interrupting that spiral, which I think yeah, is wonderful. I definitely do. Do, you, do, you, do. do any of you have like a playlist that you go to like specifically? That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I have an album that I that I choose <laughs> that I know nice. gives me calmness. Yeah, that's good. What what's the album if you don't mind me asking? <laughs> <laughs> it's a really old Moby album. Um, nice. Yeah, Moby's Browns very. Me. That's very chill. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, what else do we have? Um, 
someone said that they play with their dog, which I think is wonderful. And that's also <laughs> something that I can attest to. That's actually been a great interruption. Yeah. Yeah, animals, pets, dogs and cats. I think that's that's definitely something that I've I've been missing of late, sort of since not being able to go home. Going home and seeing my dog is is definitely one of the most like disruptive because she's a nightmare but also calming <laughs> things as well <laughs> calming things as well um yeah what else do we have um see um katie did a really good one as well which i saw which was to make a list of everything going on and decide what can be put on the back burner which is a, something which i think i was trying to get to and i think she's absolutely nailed it which is sorting out those lists of of everything going around your head and just sort of being able to being able to work out what are the things that actually need to be action yeah prioritizing Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel that once you have those thoughts or that list that mental list on paper it gives you perspective from the things you know when they're swirling in your head it's quite hard to look at them objectively (laughs) yeah sometimes some of the worst ones can be the most superficial right (laughs) yeah it's not until you write them down you go why am I worrying about that (laughs) (laughs) or you're worrying about something like you've said Josh you know when you've got a lot of things on your to-do list and one thing might take you just two minutes but it would take it out of your brain (laughs) um you don't necessarily know that until it's on paper Um, go on well what other ones we got um, I really liked Rosie's um, suggestion. It's a very mindful sort of approach. She concentrates on what she can currently feel with all the different parts of her body, um, which I think is really cool. I love the idea that we can sort of pinpoint our feelings to certain areas of our body. I think that's fascinating. That's like a yoga technique. That's mm. That's impressive kind of awareness of yourself. And then you can kind of understand it further. Yeah, I think quite empowering as well. You know, if you're feeling, for example, all your anxiety in in your shoulders where they're tense, I I guess (laughs) that would uh, immediately be a signal to drop your shoulders a bit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I find all that really, really interesting. Yeah. There's a... there's a there's a few others as well um whilst running dad to run to the forest as well so it's like connecting with that nature as well which i think is mm. is something we can we can all enjoy there's a, like a there's like a 100 meter strip of forest in uh, in tooting which is it's like the, the shortest natured run because <laughs> it's over <laughs> before it even starts but but when i'm in it um it, it's really quite nice um and uh Rec Universal also said to meditate as well, which um I think is you know, if you if you can. And I think probably I think one it's a hard thing, I guess, to meditate, isn't it? Because, you know, if you do have a lot of distractions around you, it can be hard to find that focus. And I guess, Leah, that must be what's quite nice about getting on the board because you can find a sort of find that mindfulness without the, the distractions around you. Yeah. Um, it's very hard I think a lot of people really struggle with meditation mostly because as you say everyone's going 100 miles an hour and there's so much going on in their head they're actually just trying to sit still and think of nothing it's almost impossible um so it's incredible if anyone can do it but if you're if you struggle to do it um it's still meditation if you're if you're finding something to focus on instead of just trying to focus on nothing so even if that that might be paddleboarding, it might be going for a walk. Um, it can also be literally just sitting, looking at a candle. Um, that's a really traditional kind of method of focusing your mind. Um, just watching the flame kind of dance, or or flowers in a vase. Because um, Jess, obviously the 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 thing that you've been doing quite a lot, and I think a lot of people got behind is looking up as well, which yes, which I always yeah. think is such a an underrated form of sort of focusing your mind on something which is moving like the clouds or the sky or the sun but not but nothing too too much and um looking up's a big thing right it is and you can do that 
well quite often if you've got a window in your bedroom from your bed as well you know (laughs) it requires very little effort um yeah that again is looking up is grounding ironically um just how big it is it makes whatever's going on in my head seem really small yeah (laughs) very instantly especially if you get that bit of perspective you go I'm so small (laughs) everything (laughs) else you know (laughs) in the world is so much bigger than me (laughs) um but yeah so it was I think it was really great to get a perspective from you know to get a perspective from so many different people and you know I guess people go about things in in very different ways um and it's great to to have so many people engage and, and let us know so um you know as well if you do do keep tagging run to run with the with the hashtag looks up look up as well because I, I really enjoy seeing them I know you do as well Jess mm-hmm. I absolutely love them it's just a reminder to me to see what my sky is looking like <laughs> yeah so yeah send send us some send us some photos that run to run and and uh you know hashtag the uh, the look up because we enjoy seeing them um I think that's about it for uh, for this week, guys. So, um, Leah, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for uh, having me. Yeah, and you know, I'll I'll definitely be in touch for a lesson because you know, <laughs> clearly, <laughs> if I'm not chatting enough and I'm really in myself, yeah. I, I we'll get you get babbling. Me, we'll get me babbling. Absolutely. Whilst wobbling along. Totally, I'd be um I'd be really keen for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jess, thank you, thank you again. We're nine nine weeks. We've been doing this now. It's mad, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> they're flying by it really is um but yeah if anything um if you want to get in touch about absolutely anything um with us you can do um you can contact us with uh, through instagram at run talk run um email jessica at run run.com and on the website as well you'll find lots of information and we'll put all the information on the good life paddle company on the footnotes of this podcast so Guys, have a fantastic week. Um, enjoy the sun. Um, I imagine that you're going to be out on the boards this weekend. Uh, yeah, I'm out again on Friday. If not tomorrow night, actually. Nice. Might might treat myself to a lone puddle tomorrow evening. <laughs> Do it. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, have a great week, guys. Look after yourself. Look after the people around you. And we will be back next week. Take care. Cheers. Say goodbye, guys. Bye.